my prayer this is, as we were thinking about the conference this year, just staying the course. And one of the things that concerned me over the last year is just seeing um, just how, how many guys that I've known, how many guys that I've had to counsel with that that have somewhere deviated, sidetracked, shipwrecked along the way in their Christian walk. And, and so my, my prayer this year was, man, let, let's just talk about, um, you know, what it means to stay the course. And, and you know, what, what, it, what is it, what what it going to take to accomplish that, especially in the days that we're living in? You know, th- there is moral depravity everywhere. Uh, is, is that true for you guys? I mean, it, it goes in, in every avenue that you and I are facing today as men. You know, the, the, the sexuality and the sensuality and, and the, you know, the images, and it just, it just seems to be in every arena. And then the economical pressures, you know, as men having to provide for our homes. And, you know, all of this stuff weighs down on us. And I think, I think it's the sifting. I was talking to Mike last night, and we were just, you know, kind of talking about the subject. And he said, man, it seems like there's a sifting going on in the church right now. And, uh, you know, the, the, those who, who, are, who are sincerely following Christ because of their love for him or those that are following Christ just for the purpose of, of uh, what they're going to get. You know what I'm saying? Because you really understand who he is. And, and so that, that was kind of my, my thought this year as we're kind of planning and preparing. And my prayer is, is that we would walk away from here encouraged and, and just really kind of have that mindset that, man, you know what, this is what we're up against, and uh, I, I want to stay the course. And so that, that, that's kind of our, our hope this next couple days, or the next couple days, this day, that it'll last all year. How's that? Um, I, 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 you know, I, I'm pondering back. I, I, I got saved when I was about 11, 12 and then the temptations of the world came in. And I, I remember for 10 years just living my life for hell, living my life for this world, the drugs, you know, party, immor- immorality, I mean, just everything that, that I was pursuing. But this was the dilemma when I was going to come back to Christ. I mean, and I remember at 17, 18, you know, along the way, God was continuing to try to grip my heart. But you see, because I had known Christ prior, because I knew what it meant to follow Christ, even as a little boy, as a young man, I was afraid of the commitment it was going to take to follow him. I, and, and, and I think that same, I, was, I had a fear of commitment, the same thing with, with marriage. You know what I mean? I was 25 when I got married, and the reason it was, dude, I, you know, I don't want to get tied down. Right? I don't want to have to commit to somebody that, that I can't go to the bar and hang out or go do what I want to do or go sleep where I wanted to sleep with and, and, and have someone to give an account to. And I, I remember, you know, getting saved at 23 and then, um, you know, for two years just learning how to be committed to Christ. And, and for me, that was a big deal. Then my wife comes into my life and, you know, I meet, meet my wife at church and and all of a sudden, I realized, you know what? This is the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with. I, you know, there, there's, there's no one else out there. there. There's nothing else that I want. She's the one that God's brought to me. And, I, you know, just thank God for her. And, and it, it's been 20 years now, walking, you know, married, walking as a, as a husband. And, you know, my daughter, 18, walking as a father. And you realize that that commitment that it took, I realized that when I went to that altar and said, I do, it meant that I, I, I'm dying to me. 
and that I had to commit myself to my wife. And, and it wasn't about what Ray wants anymore. It's about what, you know, what's going to better the, the family and the home and, and, and the kids, right? So there was that commitment. But, but, you know, one of the things that I struggled with was just the whole commitment. It was like, dude, I, I'm going to, it's not about me anymore. I didn't like that. I don't know if you guys like it, but I didn't like it, right? And, and that was the same thing when it came to Christ. Because I remember reading chapters in the Bible where Jesus would say some hard things, some radical things. I, 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 tur, turn to Matthew chapter 10 with me. Check this out. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 is where we're going to start. We're, I'm just going to look at a couple of verses. We're going to look at John chapter 6 this morning. Matthew chapter 10, look at verse 34. Jesus speaking. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. And he who loves his father or his mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves his son or his daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. You see, Jesus is saying, hey man, this is a commitment. And it's a commitment that I take priority every, over everything, over every relationship, even over your own life. That, that, you know, following me is a commitment, and it's a commitment that, that, you know, that I'm expecting you to honor. That scared me, man. That, you know, just like, man, he, you know, it means I, I no longer own me. I no longer have rights to me, that my life isn't my own, that, that I've surrendered that life over to Christ. Jesus, in Luke chapter 14, says basically the same thing, but he adds some things to watch. Turn to Luke 14 real quick. And it's interesting that Jesus does it when the multitudes are there, right? He says, a great multitude went with him. He turned aside to them and he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, his wife, his children, brothers and sisters, yes, his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross, come after me, cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after, he, after he's laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he's able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Jesus had one of those difficult conversations with the multitudes. And, and you know, it, it, was, it was those things that, that shook me to the core before I came back to Christ, after walking away from him, because I understood what that meant. I understood what Jesus was saying. That, that this, this is one of just a game. It's just not a convenience. It's not just, you know, something you do because your world comes crumbling down from, a, you know, some arena that you're dealing with. That it, it, was a, it was a commitment to our Savior, to our God. 
And, and it's amazing because it's that conversation that takes place in John chapter 6. Remember the story, guys. John chapter 6, Jesus is, is somewhere at the beginning of his ministry. He had taken um, a, a ship across, a boat across the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and he had fed 5,000. And, and, and the, the commentators, uh, we realize that, that the, the, the writers of the Scripture only document the men. They didn't, they didn't include the women and children. The estimations, you know, 10, 15,000 people are on the side of the mountain. And with five loaves of bread, Jesus feeds 15,000 people. And, and everyone's in awe, right? Jesus just gave us bread to eat. He just met our physical needs. And so the multitudes are following him as a result of it. The multitudes are, are going, man, whatever he's got, bread, I, you know, we need that. that that's the staple for, for us to survive. And so we just kind of hang out with Jesus and we got all of our physical needs met. And that was the mindset. And I think Jesus, you know, I, I know Jesus understood that. Matter of fact, it tells us in chapter 6, verse 26, watch what Jesus says here. Jesus answered them and he said, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. And he said to him, What shall we do that we may do the works of God? And Jesus said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he said. Isn't that a profound paragraph that Jesus, you know, he just says, Look, guys, I know why you're here. I, I, I know why you, you've left everything else to come and follow me. Because you're looking for another meal. You're looking for, for a, a, another um, you know, substance for you for the physical rather than for the spiritual. And, and that seems to be, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you, man. When I was, when I was you know, messed up with the drugs and, and you know, not able to kick, kick the, 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 the habit I had, it, it's, it's what brought me to Christ. But you see, once you get clean, once he heals you from those things that have gripped you in the past, whatever that might be, you see, what are you going to do then? And, 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 you know, there was a dilemma in China, right, when all the missionaries started going to China, because what they would do is they would take and feed them rice, and then they would have their Bible study after the rice. But when the rice ran out, all of a sudden the church was empty. Right? It's called rice bowl Christians. And, and that's, that's a literal term that's used for those as missionaries go out and they're bringing them all the supplies. And as long as the supplies are coming in, you know, as long as they're handing out clothes and food and, and you, know, food, uh, you know, necessities for them to survive on, you know, luxuries for them, they'll keep coming. But the moment that stops, they don't show up anymore because... They were only coming because they were getting some physical benefit from it. And, and I, I think what, what's happened is we've developed within the church a bunch of rice bowl Christians. That, that it's, it's just about, you know, as long as God is meeting all my needs, as long as he's blessing me, as long as everything's going, you know, and my health is good and, and my family is good, you know, I'll, I'll keep serving the Lord. But the moment something happens... 
something difficult happens. It rocks our world. And some don't survive it. You know what I'm saying? It just, some are just kind of like, well, if that's what it is, I'm out of here. Because they're only looking for what they, what they were going to benefit rather than understanding what was really going down here. Now, Jesus addressed it. Look at verse 33. There in chapter 6. Watch what Jesus says here in verse 33. He says, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Lord, give us that bread always. Now, what are they thinking? Dude, I got food forever. Right? Check this out. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. What's Jesus talking about? spiritual. You see, they were looking at the physical realm. You know, I'm going to get all the bread I need. I'll never have to work again a day in my life. I'm going to have all my substance met. Everything's going to be dandy. And Jesus is going, let me tell you something. I am the bread. I'm the one who satisfies. I'm the one who gratifies. I'm the one who, you, you see, we try to save our life by looking for this world to gratify us. We try to save our life but by cushioning our savings account or we try to save our life by by pursuing the bigger house the bigger car you know all the things that the world says that will gratify and satisfy and jesus i am the bread of life i'm the only one who can satisfy you nothing else can do it nothing else can accomplish that not the drugs not the chicks not 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 the not the money not anything this world has to offer you could ever satisfy you and you know the, the, this is the sad thing is that many of us had to find that out the hard way didn't we because we pursued all those things the money the chicks the the the, the you know the 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 ease, the comfort, the, the corporate ladder, and all of those things, as you reach them, you realize that, you know what? I'm still empty, man. I still am not satisfied. I still not gratified. Everything, you know, in order for me to, to find the next high, I, I, I got to go out and do something, you know, even more extravagant or more, you know, more drugs, or I, I, I got to get higher than I was last time because nothing, none of that stuff can ever gratify you. And yet Jesus says, let me tell you, I'm the bread of life. I'm the one who, who can satisfy. I'm the one who can gratify. I'm the one who, who can meet your every need because it's, it's here. It's, it's he comes into your heart and he, he becomes the master of your soul. That satisfaction and gratif gratification takes place because that's what you were created for, man. You were created to be in communion and in fellowship with your maker. And, 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 uh, and I'll tell you, man, you know, it's that, that commitment that he's looking for from us that, you know what, God, you're first above everything else. You take priority every, after, uh, over every decision and, and my whole life and everything belongs to you. And I, and I think a lot of us as men, we're afraid of that commitment to just lay it all out and just say, God, it's yours. My whole life belongs to you. Not, nothing belongs to me anymore. So much so that even after we've made that decision, God, I, I surrender, I give, somewhere along the line, we keep, we keep taking back our life. 
we, we keep looking for gratification from this world. And, and I, I think, again, Jesus was, was, was aware of it. He, he, he was, he was going to now, at, at this point, challenge their, their belief system. He, he was going to lay it all on, on, on the line. I, I want you to turn now to, to verse, let's jump all the way down to verse 60. You know, there was a long conversation with the Pharisees. They were upset because Jesus was claiming to be the bread of life that came from heaven, and, and, and all of that went down. But, but, but now Jesus isn't focused on anybody but his disciples. He, he, he turns his attention to those who are followers of him. He's not even talking to multitudes. He's not even talking to, to the crowds that were just looking for a, for, for a bite to eat. He's now talking specifically to the disciples. And this is really what, where I want to hone in. And look at verse 60. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is hard sayings. Who can understand it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. I love this. Look at this. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Man, Jesus went for the juggler, didn't he? He he didn't play no games. He says, guys, you guys offended by the things I'm telling you? That I'm the only thing that can gratify you? I'm the only thing that can satisfy Does that really offend you guys? What's going to happen when I'm taken up into heaven? The resurrection takes place. Now, this is what I'm convinced about. Jesus is preparing his disciples because he knows that in a short time, three years from here, he's going to be in heaven, ascended in heaven, and the disciples are going to go through heavy persecution. And and he has to get them to that place where they understand that that following him doesn't mean just a a bread on the table or, 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 or clothes on their back or a roof over their head, but that following him was everything. Even if it meant death. Even if it meant that, that they were, they were going to go through trials and tribulation, prison. Remember, all of the apostles died a martyr's death. Every single one of them, exception of John the Beloved, who John, as they attempted to boil him in, in, in bats of, in the oil, as, as they had placed him in there, it didn't burn him, and they didn't know what to do with him, so they sent him to the island of Patmos, where he writes the book of Revelation, where he... Where, where, where he has you know some some amazing communication with God as he tells us what things will be at the end. God wasn't done with them yet, so they couldn't touch him. Right? So God, you can put him in boiling oil, but it wasn't gonna hurt him until God was done with him. But this is what this is what the disciples had to learn. This is what the apostles had to learn. It was that that guys, you know what? This 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 flesh profits you nothing. Your flesh has no value. Everything that you as valuable is spiritual. Now Jesus knows you, you have to survive, right? That's why he says, don't worry about what you'll eat, what you'll put where. 
I'll take care of those things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those other things will be added unto you. I'll take care of you. But you know what? I have to be first, seeking first the kingdom of God. And I, and I think as, as we're in, I, I'm convinced that we're heading into some very interesting days. I, I'm, I'm convinced that, that guys, we, we haven't even seen the tip of the iceberg yet. That, that's, that's I, I'm reading some, some, some kind of, I, I'm subscribed to a couple um, insiders in Washington. They're saying, you know what? The national debt isn't 14 trillion. We're probably closer to 20 to 60 trillion. No one knows. It's somewhere in between there. Think, think about that. That, that means that, that in, not in my lifetime or my kid's lifetime can we ever pay off the national debt if we can ever pay it off. That, that you know, the, the, I, I don't believe, you know, I, I, I was told by the news that the recession ended in 09, right? <laughs> Guys, we're, we're, in, we're in for it. If you haven't picked up the book, man, um, When a Nation Forgets God by Lutzer, dude, you need to pick up that book. It'll, it'll rock your world. Because everything that happened in Germany, the, the same pattern that took place in Germany is taking place in our nation today. It's, it's, it's eerie. It's scary when you look at it. And do you know what the sad thing is in Germany? Is that the pastors are the ones who sold out the church. It's just history. It's fact. And everyone went right along with Hitler's plan. And, and you know what, man? As I was reading this stuff, I, I think Jesus was, was attempting to, to put some, some, some meat to the apostles' bones, man. He was, trying to, he was trying to prepare them for what they were about to endure because it wasn't long before they were getting beat by the Pharisees and, and, and they were being put into jail by the, by, by, by the Jews. You did see that Jesus knew exactly what was going on. And you have to wonder what's going on in our world isn't preparing us for what's right around the corner. And, 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 and I, I'm really, you know, looking, I'm just, I'm sharing with the church. I'm saying, guys, you know what? You, 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 be, you, you know, we have to buckle down and we, you, you, better, you better press into the Lord because I, you, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I don't know what next year is going to bring. By the grace of God, I, you know, my, my prayer isn't that that happens. My prayer is that God would have mercy and we would see revival and my kids would be able to see the America that I knew. And that's my prayer. But, but I, I'll tell you, man, I, I, I'm not convinced that's where we're heading. And so as Jesus is preparing his disciples, he, he just says, he says, you know what, does the stuff I'm saying to you offend you? That, that I'm, I'm to be your substance, I, I'm to be your bread, I'm to be your water, I'm, I'm, to, be, I'm to be what the very thing that you find your source to live from, that, that I, I'm all of it. Does that offend you, really? What's going to happen when the Son of Man's ascended into heaven? What's going to happen when, when all this stuff goes down, when, when you realize that I conquered death, but I'm no longer with you physically here, and then all of a sudden the persecution begins in the world? This stuff offends you, really? You ain't seen nothing yet. Check it out. Look at the next verse. Actually, the, the verse we read, but he says in verse 63, it's the Spirit who gives life. Guys, the, 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 the amazing thing is that you and I can't even do it. 
You, you and I can't even accomplish what we know in our minds that we, you know, the flesh is, is, is you know, the, 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 the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You and I don't have it in us to, to fight that fight, to stay the course. We need the spirit of God to do that. We need the power from heaven to accomplish that. There, there's nothing that you and I have within us to do this. You see, if it was for me, I, I would have bailed Blen 15 years ago. I'm just being honest with you. There's, there's been times where I was telling Marguerite, pack the bags, we're gone. You see, I, I, I grew up in L.A. I, I, that, that was home to me. You know, I, I came to Belen because God called me here. This, I was born here. This is where my family's at. But, but, but I, I didn't come here because I was thinking, man, that would be a wonderful place to live. Just being honest with you guys, man. You know, I, I'm only here because God called me here. But there's been times in the ministry where, man, th- things have gone so crazy and the spiritual warfare and, the, and the, you know, the, the knives in your back and all the things that go down when you're serving the Lord where I just said, you know what, I'm out of here. I'm done. But, but you know what? The Spirit of God doesn't allow me to do that because he called me here. And I believe that same thing's true for you guys, man. You see, as the Spirit of God is living inside of you, even when you want to, uh, you know, tuck and run or, or, or you know, bail on, on the things of God, man, the Spirit of God in you says, you know what, you know you can't go anywhere. But you have to be prepared for this stuff. We, 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 have, to, we have to kind of strap up our boots and say, man, you know what, I'm in it for the long haul. Does stuff offend you because your, the economy's affecting your home or, or because your job is, isn't there anymore? You know, that stuff offend you? And Jesus said, you know what? I, I'm the one who gives life. I'm the one who sustains. The flesh profits nothing. Next verse, check this out. But there are some of you who do not believe. And Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. He says, hey, even amongst my disciples, there's some here that don't, don't believe. There's some here that, 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 that are, are, are just still rice bowl Christians. You're, you're just in it for... for for what you're going to get out of it, but the moment those things are taken, man, you, you, you're going to bail. And Jesus says, I, I knew, I knew that. Remember Judas? Now he's speaking specifically of Judas because Judas for, for 30 pieces of silver is going to sell him down the river, right? Because Judas had an agenda. Judas' agenda was that I'm, I'm going to be sitting with Jesus in his kingdom and, and all of a sudden Jesus is going to the cross and, and he's not accomplishing what, what Judas thought he was in for. And so Judah's going, I'll get something out of this. 30 pieces of silver. You see, see Judas wasn't in it because he, he, he was madly in love with Jesus before what Jesus accomplished on that cross for him. Or what he was about to accomplish on that cross for him. He was, he was in it because he wanted to gratify the flesh. He wanted to have position and power. He wanted to have influence. He, he was looking for something for him. And, and when Judas wasn't going to get it, he said, you know what? I'll, 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 at least I'll get something out of this. And Jesus says, I know, I, know, I know who you guys are. I know exactly what's going down. Look, look at verse 
Verse 64, there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I have said it to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. Isn't that a heavy word? Jesus just said, you know what, guys? I, I, know, I know every one of you. I know exactly what you're going through. I, I, know, I, I know why you're here. I know, I know exactly what you're doing. And he says, and you, want, you can't even get here unless my father's called you. That this is a God thing. You see, I don't believe any of you are here by coincidence this morning. I, I think God's called you here because he wants to challenge you to, to a commitment to him. A radical commitment to him. The, the, the kind that says, God, you're, you're going to be my everything. You're, you're going to be my all in all. There's nothing else that, that I'm going to pursue, man. And I'm not going to have any affairs on you, right? I'm no longer going to cheat on you. I, I'm not going to let the pornography suck me in so that it separates me between you and me. I, I'm, I'm not going to let the, the career somehow become more important than you or, 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 or my, my, my pursuits in life or my goals in life somehow take precedence over you. That God, I, 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 want, I want to commit my heart to you and I want, I want to be faithful to you because I understand what you've done for me. You see, guys, that's the only motivation that can accomplish that is because you understand that he was committed to you. He committed to you as he hung on that cross, 100%. He gave it all because of his great love in which he loved you and me. That's commitment, man. That, that, it, 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 Jesus didn't waffle in it. He, he, he didn't have second guess. You know, he was in the garden. He says, Father, if there's any other way, if there's another avenue, if there's another a, a way to accomplish what we're going to accomplish here, he says, you know what? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I'm willing to do whatever it's necessary to accomplish this. He was committed 100% to you. Check this out. From that time, Verse 66, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. From that time, many of his disciples walked away and walked to them no more. The hard sayings, the commitment involved, the, the realization that, that God is looking for, for you to surrender every part of you to him. Not to play games with him. Not, not just when it's convenient, but to say, God, I give my life to you. It's yours. And, and, and I, 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 I love what Jesus does next. Remember what he's doing with the 12. He's preparing them. He's preparing them for what's ahead. Look, 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 at, look at the next verse. And Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away? Do you also want to go away? And Simon Peter answered to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Isn't that cool? I, 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 you you got to, you know, Peter, the, the foot and mouth syndrome, Peter, 
Right? We know Peter would always say things that, that were just like, what are you talking about, Pete? But Peter was also the one that was standing up and saying, you know what, Lord, I understand who you are. This, this, this isn't about the temporal. This isn't about the flesh. This isn't about now. This is about eternity that we're dealing with. And only you have the words of eternal life. Where else are we going to go? What else do I have out there that can gratify and satisfy me? Nothing. Peter understood it. Look, look what he says in the next verse. Also, we've come to believe and to know that you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is what Peter's conclusion was. Jesus, I have nowhere else to go because I understand who you are. You're everything. You're him. You came from heaven. You came into this world and, and, and you're the one who's going to be the, the payment for my sin, and you're the one who satisfies, and you're the one who gratifies, and you're the only one who can sustain me because without, without you, I can do nothing. Peter understood that. Early on, he understood that. He, under, he understood exactly what was taking place. He understood exactly what was going down. And guys, I'm, it's my prayer as we get this day started. It, you know, I'm excited about... Pastor Pancho and Mike and Pastor Sean, you know, these guys are just going to be sharing with us all day. But you know what? I, I think starting our day off, just going, you know what? God, I, I, want, I want to lay it all down. I want to commit everything I have to you. My eyes, my heart, my hands, my feet, my ears, everything I have, God, it's no longer mine. And maybe for along this way, man, you, Christ, you men have been dabbling in things that you know that are offensive to God and things that have separated you from God. And, and this is the good thing. This is what the scripture says. Jesus, Jesus on many times says, you know, if you believe in me, and then, and then John adds on that, and he says, if you confess your sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive us for all unrighteousness. And so as, as we wrap up this session, guys, I, I, I want to I give us an opportunity just to do business with God. God, I, I'm, tired, I'm tired of cheating. I'm tired of lying. I'm tired of conniving. I'm, I'm tired of just playing this game with you. I, I, I want you to take over everything because you are the bread of life that satisfies. And Lord, forgive me, but today I want to commit everything I have to you. And if that's you, we're going to close in a prayer, man. I'm going to ask you, men, as God is speaking to your heart, and you know exactly what's going on, man. You know, you know your private world and the things that you're struggling with and battling with, man, that today we can just come and bring them to the altar and say, God, I'm done. I'm done. And I think there's times along the way. I think, I think this is one of those times where, where Jesus had, you know, the disciples had been following him for some time. Remember the, the you know, Jesus, hey, come follow me. They left everything. They came to follow him. But there was another challenge along the way where Jesus, hey, you guys want to go too? Do you want to go too? Go ahead. And they said, no way. We understand. We understand who you are. And we, we understand what you have to offer. It's eternal life that we're dealing with here. And so if God is speaking to your heart, man, we're, we're going to close in a word of prayer. And I'm going to ask you as men that we, we, just, we just lay it on the line this morning. 
Start this day off just with a clean heart and, 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 a, and a, just a, a, a mind that, that we've just dealt with business so that we can hear from God today. And so we're going to pray. I'm going to ask you guys to stand up, to come, man, right here, and let's get before the Lord together if God is speaking to you, man. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, for these men, for the work that you're going to do in each of our hearts today. And Lord, today, as, as we've come, Lord, just, just to get away from, from all the cares and all the worries and all the concerns and the hustle and the bustle, but Lord, that today would be a day where, Lord, we do business with you. Lord, that, that, that we, we would realize that, that you possess the words of eternal life. And Lord, no matter what this world throws at us, no matter, no matter what the, 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 what's in store ahead of us, that God, you will sustain us. And Lord, may you be the bread that we're seeking after.